What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is episode 38. We're joined today by certified Gangier and the founder of Oklahoma's Cowboy Cup, Daniel Lewis. The Cowboy Cup is Oklahoma's annual premier cannabis competition. This year, the the fifth Cowboy Cup will be taking place at the Exchange Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, December 8th and 9th. Find out more and get your tickets at cowboycup.com and enjoy the show. Daniel, thanks for joining us today, man. Good to have you on the show. Hey, Rob. Thanks for, for, for having me on, man. I've been looking forward to connecting with you for a while now. So. Yes, right. At time in cannabis moves at a different rate. Um, I feel like everyone's running so many projects and I'm so motivated to get things done and cross goals off the list that connecting can be a, a game in and of itself. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and the government's changing everything all the time, so... Half of us are chasing our tails pretty much every Monday you come in and they've got something else going on. So Keeping you on your toes, man, for sure. That's interesting. It's fun. You know, my old man always told me, find a job you like and you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, I did construction for a long time, construction management and and, and construction. I I thought I loved that until I started doing this. And I was like, oh, no, this is what he was talking about. (laughs) It's been really, it's been an adventure, you know, and, and it's been a bunch of fun over the past four or five years for sure. Yeah, let's rewind the clock a little bit there. And, and as you were kind of finishing up your time with construction and the cannabis industry was becoming a reality in Oklahoma, how did that how did that vision kind of take shape for the Cowboy Cup? Or did you start at a different area within the cannabis industry? Uh, no, man. And so going back to 2016, um, uh, a really good friend of mine, my brother from another mother, if you will, but... Uh, uh, brother of mine, Wade Tyler, um, hat was dating a girl at the time that was the event coordinator or the vendor coordinator for the Emerald cup. And so I had the pleasure of going up and working for the Emerald cup, hanging banners and cleaning up and really just kind of doing grunt work. Uh, we didn't do a whole lot. We did a whole lot more weed smoking than we did work, you know, you know, volunteering at events goes. Speaking of which we've got some volunteer spots opened up at Cowboy cup, uh, send us an email anyway. Uh, but we were down there and, and just kind of helping and, and I was just, at the time, it was 2016, and, and we'd smoked weed a long time, and I'd been to Colorado, and I, I've spent time in California, so, you know, I've been to, you know, I've been to, like, Covalo and some of those other places doing trimming, so I've kind of seen the bigger side of, of, of commercial weed back when it was really still um, medical in California, but we get yeah. there, and, and, I'm, and I'm walking around, and I'm seeing everybody having all this fun, and I, I just, I had the thought, it was me, Wade, and a friend of mine, Jason, we all three lived in California together for a while, and I told them all that night back at the hotel, I was like, man, if they ever, 
uh, legalize weed in Oklahoma, man, this is, this is what I want to do. You know, I was, the weed was cool and, you know, and going to see the, the big display cases and it has all the championship nugs in it, you know, and just all the weed porn, if you will. Um, and the fun right. came along with that. And then of course, Emerald cup, you know, did it, did it the best for a long time <clears throat> and we had a blast. And so it was kind of just a fun thing to talk about, you know, like, man, that's super cool. Could you imagine your, your weed seller, you know, if you had, that, you know, whose, whose weed is all that? Oh, that, that's Tim Blake's weed. Um, but anyway, and so I had a bunch of fun doing that in 2018, I believe it was October when the vote passed. Um, I think everybody in Oklahoma that was into cannabis was gathered around, gathered around the bar, gathered around their, their table talking to all their friends about, you know, what are they going to do? You're going to open up a dispensary, process, or grow, you know, and a, and a lot of people did. I mean, we're talking, I don't know what, the, it, it, it was getting pretty damn close to 10,000 all told um, between dispensaries and processors and growers. The license um, count for, ballooned. Their license count, yeah, there for a while. And so we sat down, <clears throat> and I sat down with a friend of mine, and I told him, we were, we were talking about doing a grow, and I'd already done all the numbers and had the building all, you know, estimated and all that stuff and had a pretty good idea what it was going to take to get started. And, uh, a friend of mine, he was, and he was in, uh, he was into advertising and stuff like that. And we talked for a while and really couldn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't figure it out and, and didn't really pull the trigger on either of them. And, and so about, I don't know, it had to have been four or five months goes by and I walk into a friend of mine's, uh, office, God rest his soul, David Beers. And he said, Hey man, we talked about it months before. He goes, are you going to do this, this weed competition thing? And I'm like, man, I'd really like to, I think it'd be something really fun to do. And uh, he's like, well, let's do it, man. What do you, what do you need out of me? And he had an office downtown. So I moved into his office downtown and we, we, we kind of got started going with Cowboy Cup one. And I love now, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to get vendors once you've thrown a few of them and they know that you can, you can do what you say you're going to do basically and put asses in seats and put people in front of their booth. That first uh, one was you know, a lot of dreaming. The first and year's selling. a lie, right? It's <laughs> like you go out and it's like, here's a, I don't know what to charge. And it's, and it's basically a pipe dream trying to get money out of people that, that, you know, are on a promise. Um, but we did, you know, we ended up getting a few and filled up one big tent the first year, um, which is the first tent you walk into uh, coming outside at, at the tumbleweed and, and put the stage in there and did all the awards in there and, and really had a blast. And uh, year two was much bigger. Year three was massive. That was probably our biggest year for competition. We were well over 400 entries. Um, but that's really kind of the peak where Oklahoma was really peaking out before it you know, all the big laws started taking, taking effect and kind of starting to weed people out. And, and there were so many dispensaries. Gosh, there was 40 of them in Stillwater, I think, at one time. God, we, we probably still got 30. Um, wow, that, is, that think, is highly concentrated. Yeah, I think you see that kind of, that kind of peak um, now. But, and so it's been fun, you know, and now, now we sell out every year. We sold out year three. We sold out last year with about eight weeks to go. I imagine we'll do it again this year. We've got more room, so... I don't know if we'll sell out or not. We may just expand the tent because um, we've got so much more room this year. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great ride. Um, you know, we're we're just trying to do. I set out to do something and that was ethical and as blind as we could do it, and you know, something that was worthwhile when you win a buckle. You know, so many people say it about me every year, and they're going to keep saying it that oh, how much did they pay for that buckle? And or, you know, because we do buckles for our awards, but yeah, how much yeah, did they pay for classy. the buckle? This and that and it's never happened. It doesn't make good business sense to be completely honest. I mean, it, that would get out. And, it, and as soon as somebody buys one, all the rest of them aren't worth a shit. And then I'm not going to throw an event anymore. It's but basically a house of cards. If you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let the haters say it. Um, last year, you know, we had Gangier in and 
there's all it's a competition. There's always got to be some kind of uh, controversy at the end of it. And um, everybody wants to win, right? Everybody wants to win, and you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm making about fifty or sixty people happy, and I'm pissing off about three hundred. So the very uh, or, nature you know, of competition happy, at times, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. or, you know. But and now the competition's so big in flower. If you're in the top 25, you've got the best weed in Oklahoma. You know, I mean that's just all there is to it because all the stuff's so good. Um, but but yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was going with all that. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's excellent to hear a little bit of the background and kind of how it's ramped up for you over this yeah. this half a decade, man, running the event and hearing that it kind of started from just a dream or just kind of a you know conversation on a drive or you know yeah. on a trip up to emerald cup that's yeah. perfect man planting yeah, really planting that seed and all it, it really takes was. <laughs> it really right. was and you look at my cup it looks a whole lot like emerald cup for a reason you know and i've i've never been shy to admit that i've had some inspiration me, you shouldn't yeah. tell people that and it's like man you know i didn't invent it you know tim and tim blake probably didn't invent it either but he did a damn good job perfecting it you he's, know he's doing great a great job with the emerald cup uh, yeah, I so. went up to my first one there last year. Um, not the awards, just the um, event in Northern California there. Um, and it was a good time mixing up with all the farmers and getting to try mm-hmm. some really quality product as well. Yeah. I think it, a bunch it, of fun. it, you know, the Cowboy Cup being based on any other conference or competition, that's the winner right there because it, it was, it has been some of the best like networking and kind of community smoke sesh kind of vibes right. that you can find in the industry. Right. And I think everyone was so fast to build businesses, to sell and to make products and to brand and, and push their, push their products and push the space further. But we kind of forgot at times about consumption and about right. bringing everyone together and throwing those events and celebrating connoisseurship, you know, elevating right. quality products over the mids um, you know, back in the in the glory days, at least, you know, if you found a really good supply line or someone that was growing just primo product, like that was elevated and sold out constantly. Right. You know, and, and right. in the inverse of that, if you found someone that was selling garbage, you didn't call that number anymore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I and think now the you industry, have a choice. Exactly. You know, you have, now you, you can find your way up the ladder. For sure. And that's, that's really what the cup's been about. It's, it's just marketing. It's an, it's an advertising tool for everybody. And so that's really what we focus on is, is how good can we do media wise? How, 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 how many places, how many events can we go out and, and, and touch people and get them to come to the event just to get in front of our vendors and sponsors. And so, you know, we do Rocklahoma every year. We do born and raised. I mean, just the, the list goes on and on. And we've been able to partner with some of the, the biggest names in media here, um, Oklahoma Gazette, KMOD, iHeart magazine, um, November, the back end of November is basically Cowboy Cup month on KMOD, one of our biggest rock stations. And so they also have one of the biggest uh, morning shows, which is Big Mad Morning Show. And so we make Gippy McGee, who's become a friend of mine, a judge. And so that's, you know, it's kind of it's kind of baited a little bit, but it's nice. It's funny to hear them go on one of the biggest morning shows in Oklahoma and talk about how Gimpy has stunk up their, their uh, studio with his judge pack. <laughs> but, you know, but still that's working what we're his way to- through it. Yeah, but that's what we're trying to do. Herbage Magazine, and we're in Cincy Magazine. We've been on the cover of all of them, and and it's just an effort to to really it's asses in seats. You know, I get to grow with my sponsors and stuff, and so that's kind of a fun thing with, with what I do. Um, but you know, it's really about the the vendors and sponsors and trying to get people out there for so, and make right. a good competition. So it's it not only it's, yeah, it's not only building that competition, celebrating quality, but allowing the industry as a whole to network. Um, allowing you know, media outlets to learn 
about connoisseurship to kind of witness this, witness the events, you know, and to kind of um, be ushered in, right? Not have to just show up and uh, yeah, feel, no, I think it helps. You know, it helps it helps it into the mainstream too, you know, to be able to get on air like that to that many people and 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 ask totally. questions and just kind of be up front and let people hear, you know, hear about it. So. Right. Yeah, the Cowboy Cup was the first judging experience I've had, the first formal judging experience that is uh, okay. last year. So I, I did enjoy greatly kind of giving all the jars that initial that initial aroma check mm-hmm. and building my top my, my top five, you know. Yep. And then kind of shuffling those top five for a little while. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I finally roll calibration. <laughs> I always tell all the judges, open them all up real quick and just get your one to ten. You know, and then you'll you'll find out real quick which one's shine. Yes, yeah, definitely some like jar jumping terpenes, some right. some kind of arm length aromas right. that are always good, great to find. Opening yeah, those I'll jars. I'll tell you a funny story, Kevin. I was at Ganjier training, and and I was talking to Kevin Jodry, and or he was doing some talk. Kevin was doing some talking, and and he explained it best. He was like, "All right, guys, look, if your buddy walked into the room, and as soon as he walks into the house, he's got a bag of weed in his pocket. You can smell it as soon as he walks into the room. That's a ten. Did he have to walk up to you? That's probably an eight, you know, and so on and so forth. And, but yeah, it's neat that you said that, the, the, the arm reach thing. Right, right. You can uh, you can smell it before you can see it most of the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did you get uh, tied in then with the certified Ganjier program? Was it, yeah, was it through yeah. previous connections or did you find the program first? Yeah, so Patrick King, uh, Soil King, sits on the board. He... Uh, my, my, like I said, my buddy Wade's known him for quite a while, um, just through Emerald Cup, and, and he lived in that area. And so he and I became friends, and so he sponsored a couple of years and has been up been up for the past two or three years um, and had booths. And so him sitting on the board, I think he went to went to Kevin and, and Swami and some of those guys and Derek and just talked about, hey, this is a good opportunity to come down there. Um, I thought I felt it was a good opportunity. We, we want to have the best cup in the nation, right? We want to have the most... Uh, educated judges. We want to do all this. And so <clears throat> I thought that it would be neat to have, you know, a panel of judges up here that, that knew what they were doing. Um, a lot of people think that Swami and Kevin and, and, and these, and, and these people that the, the, the Ganjie leaders, the Ganjie board judge, judge last year, they didn't, they brought up, uh, 12 or 15 Ganji certified Ganjie students. Right. And they were the ones that actually did the judging, but it was all tied in through, through Patrick. And I appreciate Patrick. But that's that's kind of how we got the tie-in um, with Green Flower and Ganji. I see. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out to the Soil King there. A future yeah, episode with his name King. on it here. Absolutely. <laughs> now that's it's excellent to see the communities come together, and it definitely is a good way to promote quality and to promote yeah. the program by having you know passionate folks with the certified Ganji A status right. weigh in on the products. I think. Right. If there's one thing that's consistent across all the certified Ganjiers so far, it's that level of passion for the industry sure. and for the community. It's it's unique sure. about any certification, I think, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I got to learn a lot while I was up there, you know, and it's a building program. And what's neat about it that I see, you know, is not only when they go up there and they, they do the Ganjier stuff, they have really built a neat community online and via Zoom where um, – they will not ship product around the country and do, uh, right. <laughs> you know, they'll actually do assessments together. And so they're always, that whole team is always working to kind of hone their, um, hone their, uh, cult, you know, their, oh, well, I just, I just use the word. Uh, assessment skills. Their assessment, you know, and how, how well they're all doing it. Like what, what's a seven and what's a, you know, what's an eight 
for yeah. a Gontier, not having a bunch of people around the country scoring this is an 87 over here and this is a 97 over here. Calibration is the word I'm looking for. So they use these yeah. meetings to, to really work on their community calibration. Right, which is definitely important on something like that as yeah. um, it's easy to just go head over heels on a strain and be like, oh, this is a hundred. But right, you do right, have right. to be reasonable, right? That hundred right. doesn't really exist. It, that's a right. mythical hundred. And there's always like, something like the, that could be better. Just like the competition, you don't want somebody be, being able to go, hey, here's 500 bucks for you to give me a hundred so I can slap this sticker on my, you know, on my stuff. You know, it's not worth a shit anymore after, you know, if you do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> the first but few yeah. weeks maybe, but then word, when word is out, that vendors are gone, right? <laughs> yep, yep. So they, I, you heard the whole controversy. They, they failed a whole bunch of outdoor um, for mold and contaminants. And yes, it was yeah, moldy yeah. and contaminated. Um, a lot of, there was a lot of false information that went out there. I think they said that I was sponsored by Curaleaf or somebody said all my judges were Curaleaf judges. I, I'm glad they think. Oh man. Big, so they get, uh, they struck uh, at anyway, you. It was, and there's always going to be controversy. The, the lab uh, failed most of the outdoor the year before. And so this isn't anything new to competition. It's hard to grow outdoor. It's really hard to grow competition outdoor. Um, and when you have Gangiers in there with digital microscopes digging in deep and they find, you know, a bunch of bug poop or, you know, mold or whatever, it's really hard to tell them to smoke it and judge it. Um, this year we're going to, it was, it, we, so we, we ended up only awarding first and second. Um, okay. You know, in hindsight, I, I think, you know, I think we, this year we're doing it different. If, if they find contamination, which I've already got an email that's found mold, um, they are to judge what they can judge on appearance and whatever, but you know, you can't, you sure can't taste it. So you can't smoke it. And I so you're see. just zeros from there on out. And I guess if this year, if, if they want to turn in a bunch of outdoor, that's got a bunch of crap in it, that's low scoring, I'll just third place or second place. will go to the ones with the least amount of mold, I guess. I mean, if that's what we're doing, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I hate to, I would never want to hurt the sun grown industry. And that's what hurt me so much afterwards was, you know, if it is what I'm doing, hurting the industry, not helping the industry. And, yeah. you know, we helped so many people and this was kind of a, a tragic thing. And I, I, I don't want anybody to think Oklahoma outdoor is impossible to grow, but look where it's all going, brother. It's not in the dispensaries. It's all going to distillate. And there's, there's a place for it, right? There's a time and a place. And yeah. then, you, then you got to get into this is outdoor medicine is indoor medicine conversation and conflict, which is always really hard too. So. And it's, there's a several seasonal variables in Oklahoma that make outdoor sun grown unique. I think yeah. it's a, sure. it's a little bit more difficult season. I mean, I was talking with a grower out there that had grasshoppers that basically covered the plants and you just yeah. kind of knock a branch and they just swarm off. It, it was, it's kind of yeah. wild. So some of the pests and some of the, the like, like wind borne, uh, mold, uh, things like that can really affect affect the flower as well as that high humidity later in the harvest. Yeah. And you know, it affects everybody, you know, people have been dunking plants in the middle of the night for a long time. It happens. You don't got to dig very far (laughs) to see that going down by some of the best and the best names in the industry. But you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Um, but when, when I ask somebody to come in and do their best to scrutinize the best weed in the, in the country, I mean, that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, um, you know, in any process you start looking at, if you make anything better in that process, it's going to start pointing at other parts that maybe need to be better too, you know? So I think improving the assessments, maybe improving the expectations and maybe improving that bar as well for what's submitted. But I I do have really high faith in sun grown and outdoor flower as, 
as medicine and as really do. as wreck. I, uh, I really enjoy do. the kind of waxier, terp-heavy feel and the smoke and effects of outdoor flower greatly it's very hard oh, to sure. find in terroir, las vegas <laughs> yeah yeah and i've been i've been on some beautiful outdoor farms but they're all you know everybody's fraught with problems but the stuff they do get you know ends up being the best there's no doubt about it so. yes yeah or if they if they're able to to run anything safely or or keep it healthy all the way through for sure right. yeah some of that terroir probably yeah. takes a, a little while to develop i imagine sure. but sure yeah um, and not maybe not out here but out, out here too i mean you put a plant in the soil and it's, it's got a terroir and it's, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's just where it's grown. Right. So. Yeah. Right. It's unique to that. Uh, it's unique to Northern Stillwater, Oklahoma. Right. 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 Or, right exactly. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, and there's a lot of people, there's weed that's been growing here for a long time. And, and I, and I think that you know, there's a lot of people working towards that stable strain that, that has the, you know, the bug, uh, the bug defense and, and yeah, the disease immunity. Um, and just, and it just takes time to work it in. So, and I think people are, you know, are working on it and doing better at it. So, and I, I'm excited for them. I, I want them to, and I want sun grown in the competition. You know, so. Yes. I think it's a good, it's an, it's an excellent category. I know I definitely want to see it sticking around and hopefully it grows over the years as yes. like home grow takes off more, you know, and more people get into appreciating the differences between sun grown and indoor. Yeah. I think the absolutely. industry. A lot of people do already, I think. So. Yeah. Right. There's already this preference when you see that sun grown label or you know it's from outdoor flower there's definitely a a passion for that i think Mm -hmm. and like the markets overall seem to take a little while to learn more about cannabis before they're ready to say oh we want outdoor or indoor i think everyone always just wants the highest thc first for a year or two and then they get over that they get over that and start learning about terpenes and get into outdoor flower and concentrates I think the Las Vegas market is um, in a unique spot here with concentrates kind of getting more traction, I think. And um, the, unfortunately, though, the pre-roll category, I think, drives the drives the game still in Vegas with really? the tourism and things like that. It's a it's like a one stop shop pre-rolls and vapes. What's the smoking li- uh, like out there? Can you guys smoke in public? Well, technically, no. <laughs> of course, but uh, it's the Las Vegas scene is is it can be smoky on the strip and in in different venues at times. There's a um, some consumption lounges coming on with more public consumption. I visited one actually called New Woo and um, had an interesting time there, kind of learning the process. It's still it's a it's a new business model. I think there's there's a need for like innovation and kind of some trial and error there to work out the best way to just kind of build that same environment that you would have at your house, just smoking with your buddies. Um, I think it's the ones in Vegas seem a little, it seemed a little bit more like close to a nightclub than actually close to a dive bar or, you know, your brewery kind of pub, which I think is the, I, my preference would be more towards the dive bar, right? Like give me some couches, like let's, let's just chill here and hang out for a while. Um, not necessarily having a cocktail requirement and a table and a waiter and everything starts to maybe add to the experience a little too much. <laughs> yeah, and Oklahoma is really unique right now. And don't tell anybody, but basically that when they wrote the law, um, public consumption falls under the Smoking in Public Places Act of 1974 or something, which basically says you can't <laughs> smoke within 25 feet of a door. 
And so anywhere else is, I mean, you walk up to the courthouse and sit on the courthouse lawn and burn one all day long. You know? As long so as the doors are 26 feet away. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we've always, we, we, Cowboy Cup and we took over Tumbleweed, you know, as a bar, it's, we rented it as a private event. And so it kind of changed things a little bit because they have that option. Um, but really there's a lot of bars, mo- a ton of bars in Oklahoma that have back patios and almost all of them are smoke friendly. A little more open. That's yeah, cool. I mean, drinking yeah. at the same time. Very few of them can you actually walk, if any, can you walk up to the bar and order a drink and smoke at the same time. But most of them have patios. Yeah, that and that's great to know that some of the other states are really pushing that further. Um, yeah. Highly regulated states on the like Vegas tourism side. I mean, most people are burning, burning one in between stops on the strip or basically in between <laughs> Ubers. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that the consumption lounge space is um, going to open up, though, and uh, it eventually just blend <coughs> with all other businesses like bars. It won't. It so. maybe won't be just a unique like this is only for cannabis consumption here. It's actually paired with you know, our normal outlets and hobbies. Yeah, and food too. You know, and it's silly exactly. that they don't. <coughs> it's silly that they let somebody get shit hammered drunk, but not not only let them like totally encourage it by <laughs> with free drinks. But, oh, no, you know, you can't have these weed smoking lounges, you know, that, no, better hold off on that. Right, that logic doesn't hold up very much if you start digging yeah. into it a little bit. Liquor's gambling, liquor, no problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, I mean, I'm all for that stuff, too, but, you know. Right, you know. it's like here in Vegas, you got slot machines in the gas stations and the grocery stores, and, like, yeah. Yeah. folks actually can't escape the gambling Right. And then, right. yeah, and so, but smoking the outside those places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People at the airport gambling on the way out. That one always got me. It does. Even living here, that one always gets me as well. If, shout out to all the airport gamblers. You guys are <laughs> you guys are living on the edge, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, you didn't get enough. Oh, man. Yeah. It's either didn't get enough or just uh, can't quite can't quite quit it all the way yeah. to the gate. You know, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, we, we went to the gas station the other day and they had a, they had one of the things where you drop the quarter and it shoves the quarters off the ledge and more quarters off the ledge. Yeah. Now there's a game I can get behind. You know, there's some skill involved, you know. Definitely, I, man. There's some, there's some physics, some chance. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you're doing something. <laughs> you often got a cool neon light going in back there. Light it up. <laughs> yeah, it's all mirrored out. Yeah. Make right. It look like there's a ton of change. Yeah. For being in Vegas, um, myself and my family are not very Vegasy. Basically, really? the, the times we go down to the Strip is when folks visit or yeah. when the cannabis conference is in town. Right. And other than that, it's, uh, it's an interesting city to live in. I think the nature in the area is a little underrated, actually. Uh, with so many deserts to explore, you can kind of be out in the middle of nowhere very quickly and kind of you know, just climb around, go for walks yeah. and hikes. Obviously, you can't do that for a few months in the summer where you'll die if you're outside right. longer than an hour. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's something I haven't really. Last time we were there, I think Grandma and I, Grandma, my wife, and I went down and saw uh, saw Hoover Dam. But really, I haven't got to experience much of that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Next time you guys are out, we gotta check out Red Rocks oh. or Valley of Fire. Hundred percent, dude. Yeah, the Hoover sure. Dam is crazy. Um, we, I went on a little tour that went into the Hoover Dam. Uh huh. And it we was un- it was unreal yeah. in there, man. They were yeah, talking about how like there's concrete blocks in the center that still aren't cured all the way through. Because they're so thick, it's like for decades they've just been curing. Yeah. It just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah, it's yeah. A wonder about wonder about concrete. Interesting. Interesting. 
yeah, that was a neat tour, getting to go, go see all the turbines and all the power and all that stuff down there. How's Lake Mead doing, on a side note? Yeah, man. Lake, so we got a lot of rain from the yeah. California hurricanes that actually right. helped the Vegas area a good deal and put out a fire south of here. So they, oh, really? It, it gained some... It did gain a little bit of water there, but that's a... It's kind of a sad experience every time you go down there, see how far it's retracted. <laughs> yeah. 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 On the... As far as the uh, new location for Cowboy Cup, we kind of got to a point where we need to grow this. Yeah. We need to leave Tumbleweed. Was that a hard decision to move it, or did the numbers kind of speak for themselves and motivate the decision? Man, you know, that's that's a hard. You kind of hit on a on a lot of stuff when you go thinking back. It's really hard to do. Um, Carrie McBride and those guys, I couldn't have done it without them. I said it every time I was on the stage. They made my life so simple. You know, I didn't, I was a construction guy. I didn't know how to throw events. Well, they throw big events. It was no big deal to them. And so, you know, I was surprised how many times I asked Carrie, hey, man, you got this? Yeah, man, I'll go get it for you. Hey, man, I, I need this really bad. Yeah, dude, we got you. No problem. You know, just if you need something, just ask me. You know, and I'll, oh, cool. So, you know, they really made my life simple as a, as a, fl- as a fledgling event coordinator. Um, and it's, it's a Stillwater place. I, we, we have an office in Stillwater. I'm sitting in Stillwater right now. And uh, so it was really neat to, to have, you know, have it right down the road and I can go back to my house at night. But it made it hard, you know, A, I would think, we, you know, A, we outgrew it for vendors and it got really hard to control. And something that we really like to do is make sure that all our vendors are comfortable and get what they paid for 100%, 120% get what they paid for. And, and, and a lot of them will tell you that we do. But, you know, when it gets that spread out, it's hard. It's hard to manage. And so this year, I think we're able to rein that in a little bit. So that came into the decision. Um, okay, we were, kind of we concentrate were, the vendors a little more in a bigger yeah, space. Yeah, I think we could have handled another year in um, at Tumbleweed. And it would have been super packed and it would have been crazy. And, it you know, been a bunch of fun. But and I, I had tried to get uh, Tulsa Fairgrounds to do it years before and wasn't wasn't successful early on. And this year, I, or last year in October, I called them just kind of as a thought, like you know, this thing's big. Like I knew it right then. I was like, holy shit, we may have to think about moving next year. So I called them, and, and we ended up getting approved. And so I kind of had the pressure of, hey, man, we've already been approved. We've been through all this stuff with them. Like you know, let's just do it. And really, you know. Stuff really started fitting together. There's a guy who's become a good friend of mine named Chico Sherwood, and he's got a dispensary, really cool dispensary in Tulsa at 15th and Harvard. Anybody listening in Tulsa, go check it out. Super cool, super great guy. That dispensary sits right on the corner of, of Expo Square. So Expo Square is here and, and just northeast of that on that same city block is this dispensary. And he's basically giving me carte blanche with the dispensary. So We've got Cowboy Cash this year so that all my vendors and sponsors for free can go drop off product up at the dispensary and they'll just drop it off for a dollar or whatever it is. They'll penny it out to them yeah, and they'll get a great. Cowboy Cash coupon. They'll bring a stack of coupon. You know, if I give, they give us 100 pre-rolls, give them 100 coupons. They give that out throughout the event. We'll have a, a shuttle going back and forth to the dispensary. Obviously, people can just drive over there, really walk over there too. Um, and he'll, we'll give them for a penny a piece. We'll just, you know, we have to have a transaction, but basically you can't, at an event, you can't give out weed to, to, you can't go business to, to consumer. Right. So it just gives them a a legal means to go do that. Um, so it, you know, with that tie in and, and we go over there and we see all the opportunities and they've got classrooms and 
really nice facilities and they said we could have the big parking lot that's all on concrete and power and everything. Oh wow. It's it made really it, a, it, a step yeah. up on the scale. It made it it made it a whole lot easier. So I talked a little bit about, you know, still trying to kind of having to up the vibe a little bit because it is an expo center when you walk in. Um, we do have the big tents outside, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun. It, it really, at the end of the day, it was a pretty easy decision. Um, kind of, sp- but, it, the data made the decision at, yeah, at some it, point. Yeah, it, it, it did, <laughs> but it was it was bittersweet for sure. Of course, yeah. No, it sounds like it's going to be a, a hell of an evolution there and a, a good time. Uh, yeah, we'll really filling out the fairgrounds and, and bringing a cannabis event to a fairground. Yeah. You know, in a place where like the state fairs are happening, right? Everything right. else for the state and the city is going on throughout the year. Why not right. cannabis? I think it right. puts it right, right in the mainstream. It's awesome. Yeah. And I hopefully we can go in and show them that we can burn the place down and not burn the place down. You know, right. and it, everything will be all right. And the, you know, the smell will go off and it won't be there tomorrow and everybody will, you know, you guys can go on about your business. But we've been, we've been nothing but, you know, found with with open arms with with the expo square and this is again this is something they do all the time so it's super easy they i've got a lot of access to a lot of stuff so hopefully it'll go pretty smooth and and, and that'll you know that'll show through and, and everybody right. can have a good time you know we don't want big long lines we don't want people waiting for stuff we want you to be able to get in find a killer comfortable place to sit in one of our you know umpteenth lounges and roll a joint you know that you've just gathered up from somebody and and, and try the you know the best oklahoma has to offer yeah, right. It's kind of issuing a challenge too to all the attendees. It's a bigger place yeah. to smoke out, so right. Got to burn this place down. Yeah. Got to come ready to go. <laughs> yeah, man. The blue the blue tent last year was insane. Like I walked in there and I was like, no, I got to get out of this tent. Like it was <laughs> cloudy. I don't, know, I don't know how people were walking through it. To be completely honest with you, uh, it got pretty fun there for a while. Right. It's a. It's sometimes you can walk through those hangars or halls and you're like, there's no way this will get smoked out. And sure uh, enough by yeah. Saturday night or Friday yeah. night, it's like, damn, this is yeah. a 30 foot ceiling and it's yeah. smoked yeah. out in here. We, we found out last year, uh, or actually a couple, a couple years in a row, we found out that contact high is a thing. It is. If you don't smoke weed and you walk in there, it will ruin your day. You're going to need to sit down for a while or find a yeah. quiet place. Yeah, yeah, for a few hours. I've seen it happen. <laughs> and it was like, what happened? Did he overconsume? And they're like, no, dude, that dude doesn't even smoke weed. And I'm like, get the f- Dude, how much did he drink? They're like, none. I was like, oh, get the fuck He just went from the front to the back. Right. He just <laughs> was in there too long. Well, you know, and joints and stuff like that are one thing. But when people start ripping dab bongs and it starts getting concentrate, you know, I could see how. Yeah, you're walking know, through a cloud. Yeah. It could yeah, it be a, pretty potent. It was a cloud for sure. So the the cowboy the cowboy cup buckle, yeah, picturesque man and, and rodeo esque as well for Tulsa and for Oklahoma. Was that always in the in the cards, or was it an idea that came to you later? Oh hell um, yeah! There's a one. friend of mine. So this is the new awesome. one. Awesome. I don't know that this is really out much, but so it actually has the category year. on yeah. the uh, on the buckle as well as the year. That's sick. yeah, we'll and get so it you can see they're all, they're all hand engraved too, so no ones alike. Um, I've got a whole stack of them. This will be a fun picture. But we've been working on all the bases this year. So. Oh, nice. Dude. I know how I'm turning yeah. that right. but For the listeners yeah, we here, a- seeing the whole countertop yeah, covered in yeah. about 12 of these hand-engraved, category-specific Cowboy Cup winning belt buckles. So this sick. is a bunch of news, too. So the new, the new – uh, spurs this year they're fully adorned all the way around that's a first last past few years they've only been done on one side so those are done and there's then spurs 
is are those an award or is that for it's second place for i see okay. second place i, I wasn't and aware then, of the second place award that's sick <laughs> let's just keep going so we this year we switched to the bolo tie for third you know in keeping with the theme oh of course yeah of course of course let me see if this is one so in previous years, they were stamped. They were kind of cheap. They were like little toy things. I mean, they were nice. They were heavy. They were real bolo tie. But we had my buckle company do them this year. So all of them, again, hand engraved. Nice. Uh, one of a kind. And Legit. then on the back, they've actually put the place on it. So that was, that was very cool. I'd have to dig if I don't have them in this box. But we're doing a sheriff's badge for Grand Champion this year. It's a, like a six or seven star badge <laughs> with that big ass weed leaf in the middle. And it says Grand Champion Sheriff. Cowboy Cup 2023, yeah, be much fun. You got to do something, right? And to be completely honest, everybody's like, man, those buckles, they got to cost you a pretty penny. I'm like, have you priced a trophy? Trophies are 150 (laughs) bucks for a trophy. Like, these are way cooler, and I get them for about the same price as a trophy. Right. And what before we move past that, what does the grand champion require to win that sheriff badge? Is that the most points or the most wins in other categories? Right. And so it's it's funny. I've never I've never really put it down on paper. Um, it's been a decision that my team has made. You know, we kind of look over all their wins and see. And yes, I think to a degree, yes, it's how many points did you get? Um, some of them that enter several categories and do really well in all the different categories. Altum's always done. They've won two years in a row. Um, and they they didn't win Indoor Flower last year. Skyflower did. Excuse me. Ah. Skyflower did it, but they did win infused pre-roll with this gorgeous something like this, you know, this live head covered rosin infused joint. They had two Tasty. or three, and they had two or three in the top ten, and that was one of the hardest decisions um, to make was that one. And they, they, and so we gave it to Ultima again last year. It's been just kind of a, a president's cup, if you will. I see. It's yeah. My choice and the team's choice. We sit down to see who we think really brought the heat this year, and that's who we get. That's excellent. Yeah, and, and every year you've had basically new new businesses start to contribute. Um, have yeah. you, or initially when you got the cup started, did you go like to every dispensary and kind of reach out to the industry overall, or was it all word of mouth and kind of built up slowly? It's it's a mixture of everything. You know, it start started out kind of boots on the ground, going to some of these other and just going to as many events as I could and talking to people. Um, I got with Herbage Magazine there pretty early, uh, James with Herbage, and started doing some stuff with him. My wife, uh, she always gets mad when I tell everybody this, but I'm going to do it again. She's Associate Dean of Outreach for the College of Arts and Sciences up at Oklahoma State, so she's got an advertising oh, media background. And in planning all of Cowboy Cup, you know, we always knew that it was going to take having the media behind us. You know, the more media press we can get, the better off this is going to be, and, and trying to use all those contacts. And so I did that as much as I could. Um, first year was pretty slow, um, but we just kind of kept building. And I think word of mouth, word, word of mouth got out that it was the best event of the year. The first one, you know, as far as what was thrown in Oklahoma. And we've won several best event in Oklahoma awards since. We won another another one this year. Um, and so oh, I think awesome. word of mouth event, had a lot to do with it. But we take event overall, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Sweet, no, dude. Cannabis Congrats. event. Congrats. Number one cannabis, cannabis event in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's awesome. Keep take home the title this year too. <laughs> yeah, we want. I want to win stuff, man. So we go. We go to Harvest Fest, another fantastic event that happens in Oklahoma, um, and it happens. I think it happens in September. And um, we just got back, and I was joint uh, reigning fastest joint rolling champion. This year, I got Ooh. beat, but he didn't beat my record. So what's your time? 
16 joints in four minutes and 20 seconds. So yeah, I there's plenty of plenty of room. Some fast joint rolling right there, man. It's not bad. It's not <laughs> bad. But I, I am proud to say that the team and I did take home uh, the the win in the belly flop contest both Friday and Saturday. That's the true win here. We should open the podcast. Funky Dave for the win. Yeah, we did the totem pole. You can get on Instagram and look. I got on my big, we call him Funky Dave, his shoulders, and we did the totem pole belly flop. And I think he did a taint drop the next day, naked taint drop for the win the next day. It was a bunch of fun. We love that place. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm off for the the competitions. Uh, And when we go in, we go in hard. We have barbecue competitions. We won a bunch of stuff at the barbecue competition out there one year. So anything, you know, we're competitive guys. So anyone we can throw our hats in the ring, we're going to do it. And we're going to come correct for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. We should have had a a little more time to talk barbecue. I was recently certified as a barbecue judge for the KCBS. So I went through the, the judging program for that to learn kind of how to get how to judge the four meat categories and uh, some things like that. I've been diving into some non-cannabis certifications every now and then. Dude, I went on that (laughs) podcast, man. When are we going to talk about that? We'll have the, we'll have to do the barbecue one next. Yeah. 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 Nice, Daniel. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, man. It's awesome to hear about your journey with cowboy cup. I'm going to do my best to try to get out there in December and see what the logistics are looking like. And in the meantime, where can our listeners find out more about you and about the event? Yeah, appreciate that, man. Uh, CowboyCup.com, super easy. Um, we're on Instagram, at the Cowboy Cup. So tickets are on sale. Just go on our website and scroll down. Bunch of information on there. Um, we just got done with entry submissions, and so those are closed for everything but SunGrown. Um, we had a whole bunch of entries, so some of the best flower I've ever seen. We'll have it all on display. Um, but super easy, to, super easy to get in. It's $45 a day for a ticket or $75 for the weekend. We've got about a hundred, about a hundred VIP tickets left. Um, they're two fifty. Come with a swag bag full of weed. People, like I said, people will be giving out cowboy cash all weekend. Make sure you get your OMMA card before you come. You can get a temporary OMMA card if you're from out of state. If you have a license in that state, so super easy to do on OMMA.ok.gov. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. I really do. Hey, excellent man. We'll talk time. soon. All right, take care, man. Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. For more information about the show, along with our services and courses, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis software product management, cannabis education courses, and freelance writing. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.